Good evening and welcome to episode 11 of the 3 on 3 podcast. Another week, another set of hockey results. Some teams have won, some teams have lost. Our team has progressed in Europe. And for people who know very little about it, we'll discuss and dissect everything that's happened. Um, Before we do the introductions, um, thank you to everyone who listened to last week's powerful and emotional um, episode and a lot of feedback was absolutely fantastic um, really grateful to all of you it was the most listened episode that we've had so far so we'll just go thank you from the off as ever we've got uh, the elder of the parish and i think middle of the road scott um we've got this week uh, good evening gents how are you good evening you know getting over it Good stuff. Um, this week, we was impressed with his spreadsheets last time. We've brought him on again for more spreadsheets. And if he hasn't, we're disappointed. Uh, good evening, Lewis. Thank you for giving me time this evening. Evening, gents. Thanks for having me again. Nah, it was, it was fantastic last time. So, um, Guildford, four-point weekend. The clan, four-point weekend. What the fuck's that about? Um, Steelers and the Giants split in the weekend. Uh, Cardiff 3-3, three three, making it through to the uh, County Cup Super Final. Um, the Blaze with two points. Uh, Storm, uh, I think, was zero points. And Nottingham with a lucky point in overtime against Guildford Gents. Um, highlights from the weekend. We'll go with John. We'll go with the Elder of the Parish. What were your highlights? I think you've got to look at uh, the two teams you've already mentioned. Guildford keep rolling, don't they? You look at their... Points already this season. I think they've dropped maybe only five points over the course of the season so far. Unbelievable. So I think they're definitely going to be sort of... Maybe uh, these are words of a few months ago when we sort of implied that they may be going under by now. Um, and we've given them a bit of shit, to be fair, in the first few episodes. But Glasgow clan, four-point weekend. Wow. So that, was, that, was, that was impressive. Please for Dicko. Um, so yeah, they're, they're the two stand-up ones. Obviously, it's a bit of a mismatch of games as we again because Devils obviously played in Europe, and a few teams obviously maybe uh, didn't get to play two league games. Well, I might be I'm totally wrong in saying that, but uh, yeah, Glasgow and Guildford, that's two teams of the weekend. Now, very good from to hear from Glasgow them getting the points. Lewis, what were your highlights from the weekend? Uh, well, I mean, you can't not uh, give Glasgow a bit of love, can you? Even though they took two points off us. Um, my personal highlight, I think I've, I've had a good doubleheader weekend in Scotland. Um, been a struggle to get through it, as they always are. Um, I think for me, it was good to see us in Fife turn around and win the game. We were bad on Saturday night in Glasgow um, for the most part. So to turn it around in Fife and at least salvage two points was good. And then, yeah, like John said, Guildford, Glasgow, four-point weekends for them both, keeping on rolling, and the first four-point weekend for Glasgow. It's good for good for those teams, and Guildford just, they're looking good, aren't they? They're looking good. They are indeed, and I do hope, when you say you were struggling to get through the weekend, that you was able to maintain hydration at all times throughout both games. I'll tip the, the silence as a yes. Um... Uh, my my highlight was the, the doubleheader weekend, Sheffield Belfast, uh, 120 minutes of um, of good hockey. Um, both sides throughout the weekend traded blows. Um, some excellent net mining from Greenfield and Whistle. Whistle was outstanding. Um, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about uh, Whistle because it's, some of the saves he made was unreal. And he got a couple of uh, standing ovations from the Steelers crowd. Um, and he earned it. He, he was outstanding. But Greenfield... You know, played played superbly as well. It was it was very much a tale of the goalies, um, and on the whole, fair that it was a split weekend. Um, but no, nonetheless, entertaining along with uh, a good crowd from Belfast. Um, John Tom um, certainly brought the entertainment. Some of the stuff we can't mention on the uh, the episode because of its nature, but uh, they were a top value nonetheless. Uh, Scott, what was your highlights of the weekend? Uh, my highlight is uh, Jackson Whistle. The saves I've seen he's make this weekend has been fantastic. Obviously, he went to Sheffield and didn't really work out. And then he did the Elite Series as well. And he, do you know, he's, he's had his criticism. And I think he's shown himself as number one in Belfast. Uh, so, fair play to him. Uh, he's took the shit. And now he's proven himself and shown what a goal he is. So, David, uh, we're going to... 
switch it up a little bit. We're going to pose you the question because obviously you were there for the uh, Sheffield Belfast double header. There was a few incidents this weekend. Um, embellishment was the uh, the weekend's highlights. Mister Petulant Petgrave, as I call him, and there was one from Ruop. What's your thoughts on what happened this weekend with those uh, divey divey guys? Diving, guys. Diving embellishment certainly was the, the buzzword of the weekend. Um, for me, there was a lot of it going off from both sides. Um, neither side um, manager was called Charlie and none of them were angels, let's put it that way. Um, the only difference from the ones on the Saturday uh, was Pet Graves led to a game-winning goal. Um, but they had a, but Belfast had a chance at the end of that game uh, and a fair bit of six-on-four time with the linesman unfortunately forgetting that Steelers were on the penalty kill and called an icing. Um, but mistakes happen, and, you know, that's not me calling them out. They're just, it was just funny that it happened in, amongst everything else. Um, it weren't good to see, and the videos just don't do it justice. They don't do the players justice. Now, you, every player tries to get whatever advantage they can. And that's, you know, in, in whatever shape and guys, you know, whatever. It, just this weekend, it seemed to be there was a lot of a lot of embellishment, and the referees, for for whatever angle they had, and, and you see some of the highlights, of the replays, and you see where the referees were, and some of the angles weren't in their favour um, to give them some defence. Um, there was one that you thought his view was spot, and he could have spotted where um, the player was was faking it, um, and then so that was all the Saturday. <laughs> then we had another game the day after. And who was involved again? Petgrave. Um, where there was an incident, and I missed it. I just literally missed it from the corner of my eye. So I'm, I'm still looking to, to find the video of it. The full highlights haven't been released, or I haven't seen them yet. Uh, and straight away, Petgrave's called for diving. Not embellishment, diving. They've not even gone uh, um, family friendly with the word. They've, they've gone full hog. Um, now, again, I won't call if it was correct or not. Um would I be surprised, and I say this in a defensive mode, that it was kind of, you've conned us once and you're not conning us again. So we're not going to be nice with the pot call. We're going to call you out for what it were, diving. And I don't mind that if that's the case. So I'm saying that in a kind of a, if that's what the referees are doing, because it was a different set of referees from the night before, I don't mind that because we said a lot that the referees need to be able to control game and sometimes controlling it is establishing that you're in charge. The players entertain, the players score the goals, the players block the shots, but the referees control the game. They they should have that control. And if doing that makes it happen, and again, I'm, I'm saying this with the reservation of not seeing the full incident in, in full-time or slow-mo, because um, I may have got it wrong, but I, I'm not saying they have, then I have no issue with that. Um, and I hope that they start to, if it happens in other games and with other teams, they start actually doing it more. And it just gives them that little bit of authority to go, right, you know, because we've mentioned it a few, fair few times in this pod that officials are panned on social media. But if they have the chance to go, do you know what? Yes, your guys are going to get on the game sheet. You're going to be the winners of this game. But the actual control of this game is us. Get it done, boys. Get it done. Because I tell you now, we've, we've all seen games when the referee's got good control, the games flow, and they're more entertaining. So I, I don't like seeing it. Um, myself, I'm not a fan of you know trying to cheat. If, if you're not good enough, you just put your hand up and go, yeah, fair enough. Um, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't exclusive to those in orange or those in teal over the weekend. So um, I hope it was a case of the two teams. And I'm going to say it now, and I'm not saying it because one of them is my team, but I do think that was the best two teams on show. Guildford, I you know are going to have to do more to keep where they are. But we mentioned that already, because um, they normally start very well, and they're carrying on doing well, so you know, kudos to them. But I do think that was the best two, and if you're trying to get one over one of the top two, in my heart of hearts, there's better ways of doing it. Um, but say, both sides were at it. Um, could both, both sides could have been called multiple times for it. So um did kind of put a bit of a damper on, on the weekends. Like, because to say, it was under 20 minutes of damn good hockey. And even when we lost yesterday... That was entertaining. That was good to watch. The mistakes that we were making weren't, but the overall game, the overall play was entertaining. So I don't, I don't want to see it. Kick it out. But 
you know it's going to be there. You know someone's going to do it next week, the week after. You know, is what it is, sadly. Uh, yeah, I mean, from the outsider looking in, it distracted from the game. Uh, we heard nothing really about the game. It was just those incidents. And John, you've been around for a while. What do you think of what happened over the weekend with those uh, dives, that we should call it? I'm not going to lie. I'm not a fan of any player doing it, um, particularly a, a talented player. You know, there's guys like Pat Graves that could influence games just based upon ability. I'm not going to lie as well. I thought it was quite funny that obviously he got away with it and obviously seeing the reaction of some the certain Belfast fans that love it when it goes in their favour and hate it when it goes against them and it works both ways. But I just think that if the referees are at the standard that they are and they're not seeing these incidents, players are going to take advantage of that. And I think that I think it was Smith last week made a point maybe about we need maybe some kind of coaches' challenges or some way to challenge decisions during the game because done against the officials, they, they are doing their best. They don't get really a lot of extra additional training. The game's getting faster every season. The players are getting better every season. Um, and they need help. You know, that's the reality of it. The game moves quick. It's all one of good. It's all making our opinions based upon seeing it 15 times on Twitter on a Sunday. Uh, we've seen it sort of slow down. We've seen other people commenting on it. I can't imagine how easy it must be to watch in real time if you've even seen it at all, you know, when you're obviously on the ice as, as the official. So I don't like to see it at all. I don't like to see players cheating each other because at the end of the day, they're all fellow pros. They should all play the game honestly um, and then and then let the game fall the way it falls. Don't get me wrong, things are going to happen in games where you do take penalties, you do maybe have to like sort of take things into your own hands, but there's, there's ways of doing it in a, in a fair manner and I think it was a bit bit naughty. I haven't seen the Rob incident to be fair. I, I, I know there's another one from him and I didn't see the Petgrave one at the weekend either. But it's something that's not really been a, a problem in our league over the years. It really hasn't. Um, but it does seem to be this season already. This, most weekends, fans of teams saying that they've seen things that's happening and like anything, when you start getting away with it, it becomes a trend. And unfortunately, I think that until maybe these calls, like the, the diving gets called on Pat Grave on Sunday, you can see more and more of it happening. Players will take a chance if they can get away with it, then why won't they go for it? Yeah, 100% agree. And Lewis, like, if this is going to creep into our game, how do we deal with it? What's your, what's your thoughts? It, it's a difficult one to deal with. Um, I think, like David said, if referees are missing things or, or not seeing stuff and then potentially making make-up calls or something like that, we need to help them. And... I'm fairly sure now every team in the league has a webcast. They have the ability to do instant replays. It might not be the most professional way of doing it. You know, we're not sending it to Toronto or to VAR or anything like that. But if you can run a webcast and you can put instant replays on for people sitting at home, why can't you have a laptop in the penalty box with that webcast on doing a few instant replays or a separate feed that the referees can look at? We've got arenas such as Sheffield, for example, where you've got a big big screen above the ice that show replays pretty much instantly. As soon as the incident's happened, fans then see it, it gets put on social media, and the referees can't do anything about it. Surely there's a way now, in this day and age, with the technology we've got, as John said, the game's getting faster every year. You can't expect them to see everything, so we need to help them. And there needs to be a way that they can go and have a look at these things. The Petgrave thing, you know, he's he's faked it. He's just thrown his head up in the air and, and got a penalty for it. And that's affected a game, which come the end of the season, and this is looking way down the line, they're two teams that are going to be up there. That point, two points come the end of the season could be vital to a Belfast or to a Sheffield. Um, Ruot did the same thing as well. Um, and then, obviously, on the Sunday, he's actually been called for it. You know, I think we just need to help him um, empower them to do the best they can on the night. I think there's two things to mention from what you said there, Lewis. I mean, firstly, and there was a lot of it, and I think I've already mentioned it, that you saw benches and the coaches um, look up to the, the, the jumper trying to say, look at the replay. And you can't use the replays. So if I'm honest with you, 
I'd like to see, if you're going to have the replays, fine. Do you know what? First interval. Second interval. Don't show it straight away. Yes, it may be part of the show and it may be all this and all that, but that, it unintentionally puts pressure on the referee. Now, if all 10 arenas, all 10 venues could do that, crack on. I have no issue with that. But all 10 can't. And we mentioned about um, the, I think it was the Challenge Cup or something that where, actually no, I think it was the t- uh, the, the timeouts uh, or the um, ad break timeouts where you had different conditions to where you played and it's not the same for all 10. You know, it, it kind of devalues the competition. I, I'd be saying, you know what? The highlights, put them in the first interval. All the controversial stuff, put it in the first interval or the next break. As in the interval. And if it's the end of the game, just put it on your highlights afterwards. Leave it, because by the time, people have forgot about it. And then you ain't got coaches getting getting pissed off. And in fairness, Keith um, and Fox were getting pissed off time and time. Keith obviously led to getting fined by Dops. I, I just, it, it's not helping the refs. But what I would say, with webcasts and everything, I would love to see someone from the league watching the game, taking clips, taking cuttings, um, saying, right, end of the game, here's some feedback. I don't know if they do it now. Um, if they do, great. If not, something that could be done at a cost. I don't think would be too much. And it helps our referees. And they then get material. Because it's easy to go, ex-referee, you missed that call. Okay, great. How did I miss it? What you know? What were the conditions? Where you know? Was my sight missed? Was my view blocked? Was it then my positioning? So many permutations could lead to the missed call. If you say it, well, that doesn't help him. But if you can give him clips, say, right, this is where you were. That was where the call was. Could you have been somewhere else? Was you actually in the right position? And just things happen where you were going to miss it. Multiple things could that would actually help the referees and give them the visuals to go. Okay, so when I do it again, when I'm in that scenario. I'll maybe go here or maybe, you know, try and be a different part of the play just to give myself the best chance of seeing the wider picture to go, I can give a better call. I'm not saying that the calls aren't good, but it gives them the better call for themselves to go, I'm confident I've got the right call. And I just think if we can do that, I think that's going to help them. We mentioned about DOPS needing to change because it needs to be something better for the, the league, but there needs to be something uh, to help the referee. Um, we've mentioned it before. They, they're... they're not even semi-pro amateurs it's their second hand job their full time is 9 to 5 whatever they're doing how are we expecting you know you look at the panning they get on social media week in week out and then you look at that well they're not going to able to dedicate to that job and that's the next step and in case, instead of certain individuals saying well we ain't got the money for it well let's find the money that's there let's work amongst ourselves going right okay you're taking some 50-50. Let's have a percentage just going to the league that's there to pay the officials to be full-time. And then we put them on regular training. And I'm just throwing this a scenario here. But regular training to give them the best chance to then produce better games so that they're not behind the eight ball. And it's not because that they're not able to dedicate more time to that profession. Because at the end of the day, as much as saying that, they're still getting the, you know, the end of season world championship gigs. You imagine with more training and more time dedicated to being officials, imagine how more is going to be sent across. Just a thought there. I think the reality is it's easy for clubs to always sort of say that things cost money, which is fair enough. We're not a, a sort of a high-budget league. There are ways to do this without trying to take money from a club during the season. Now, we know the referees need help. We know they need training, whether it be bringing coaches across from overseas to, to do camps, whatever, or ongoing coaching. Now, we all know that the league gets this nice little nest egg come the end of the season when they go to the playoffs and they all split the pot, whatever way they split the money for the following season. And OK, I'm sure a lot of the money is earmarked for various things in, in regards to bringing players in, whatever, travel, um, whatever, visas. I think that's the one time when, as a collective... You can say to every team, well, OK, it's going to cost X, Y, Z next season. It'll be X amount per team. Why not take it from when the money's there at the end of the season? Put that money aside to help the referees develop, help give them the, the, you know, the tools that they need, because it's easy for all the fans to sort of criticise them and to go on social media and to slag them off and everything. But at the end of the day, they're doing the best they can with limited resources. They don't really get additional training. As you said, Dave, they 
that they do this for for love of the game. It's it's effectively a second job in most cases. They're not full time professionals, and until the, the league itself invests in these people, these, these these referees, these linesmen, how can they get better? Whilst they can maybe go to the gym, they could maybe get themselves fitter. They could maybe watch a few NHL games. They could watch other games from other leagues. It's only by having maybe proper coaching and bringing maybe outside resources in to help them, they are going to get better. So the money side of things, it'll always be an excuse when it comes to trying to improve the officials. It's always been the case forevermore. But at the end of the day, that's the one time I think when the money is going to be available for all clubs. And if the series is about improving the league and improving standards, then just use some of the playoff money. That would be my suggestion. No, yeah, I agree with you there as well. And it's like you say, the, the money thing is weird because you look at, like I say, the teams have got webcasts now. I think most coaches have an iPad or something on the bench where they're reviewing the plays and looking at things and breaking clips down. It, it's not a difficult, overly difficult thing. I mean, to my simple mind anyway, like we've already sort of got the technology it might not be the most practical or the best solution, but why can't we actually start using it? And like you said, David, as well, is where you've got your Sheffields and your Nottinghams with, with the screens and they're showing replays seconds after it's happened, it's not helping anyone. And that's, if you're a referee in, in a power break or, you know, in a, after a little scrum and you look up and see, well, I've missed one there, I need to, need to give that one back. You're then looking for a reason to go punishing people. If if we can give coaches the ability to challenge things or raise concerns, and to your point as well, not so much just on the referee standpoint and where they've missed stuff and what they could do better, but then they can have better interactions with coaches. Well, this is why I haven't called it. This is why I think your challenge is rubbish or why I've given that penalty after I've reviewed the play and break that down so coaches understand. Um, we had one yesterday in Fife where I'm fairly sure it was missed by every single official until the guy got up and they saw blood on the ice. You know, those sort of things, they shouldn't be being missed and they should be able to go and have a look and go, oh, OK, yeah, we, we have missed one there. Let's make the right call and make sure the right decision's made. 100% on that, though, it's like, Coaches challenge, we brought it up a few weeks ago, it should be a thing because the players have to bang the eye, they bang the glass and say, look, what's going on? And the, the Colton Yellowhorn hit, the referee was behind it. I'm very surprised that he missed it, but it is what it is. And going back to uh, the Petgrave, I called him Petulant Petgrave after the first week. He's clearly a very good player. He's in this league for whatever reason. Um, but he, the guy, I, I feel like he thinks he's too good for the league. He, he takes four minutes. His average is four minutes a game in the penalty box. He also pushed the line out as he was going in the box at the weekend. He, he, he can't do that. The other week in Coventry, he slammed the door open and he got, he got chucked out. You're in this league for a reason. Yes, he's a very good player. But come the end of the season, when it's crunch time, Sheffield have already gained no points against Belfast this year. It was a split weekend. you got to play them another four times, three away in Belfast. When it comes to crunch time, that sort of play can cause issues. So, yes, I know he's got a good plus minus. I think it's plus 17. He's good points, but he could cause costly. And I think time will tell with that one. Um but it's it's something that again we could spend a long time um, <clears throat> discussing it, uh, and especially the referees' point. Um, I, I don't think we. Well, I, I and for myself, I don't know if I'm speaking for the three you've seen and the ones we've had before on the episode. But we're not saying it just to go, oh the crap, and leave it at that. We want to see them be better because, like we said, the referees have better games. The games flow, and it's actually more entertaining. And the referees actually are part of that reason. So we want to see them be better, not just for them, but for the product itself. Um, from Elite League refs to European hockey, which can have interesting refs, um, but I didn't hear anything from this weekend. Cardiff Devils was in the Conti Cup semi-finals. Now they're in the Continental Cup Super Final as they uh, top the group. Three and three wins. Um, three women over the Angers Ducks, a 3-0 win over Jacinis, and 5-2 win over Zemgal, the Latvian team that play in the Mestis League in Finland, which I found out. A bit bizarre. Um, 
we mentioned last week it was a well, couple of weeks ago potential make or break time. They split the last weekend before the Conte Cup. They've won all three. Both goals played. Bounds for me made a blinding save in the game against uh, Yesenis. Um, where it was a little bit out of position. Managed to get across and make the glove save. Um, we'll mention the the tournament itself, but we we the point we raised was could it be make or break? Could it actually give them the the impetus to go on and actually get themselves in the season? Four wins out of five. Um, do we see that happening, gents? Okay, I mean to be fair, maybe the 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 three teams obviously that they were competing against are not the strongest, which is fair enough. All you can do is beat the three teams obviously that put out in front of you. Um, go back to the point about referees. The, the feedback I've seen um, over the course of the weekend, the referees are very good. They let the the game flow a bit better, which is a bit surprising because normally what I've seen over the years in European competitions. It tends to be called a lot more picky. You know, any little hooks or little grabs is going to get called, but everyone seems to be happy with the referee. And, um, seems to be that there was not the usual crowds down there, which is quite surprising because European hockey obviously doesn't come along all the time. So you'd think you'd want to go and see that. Um, yeah, they had three, three wins, um, only like three goals in over the course of the weekend. So you can't really fault that to be fair. Yeah, maybe they can transfer that form into the league. Obviously, they didn't have a four-point weekend the previous weekend, lost to Dundee, which, to be fair, Scott called that one. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a banana skin uh, team. I think maybe South as well, David. I, I, I couldn't have seen that at the time. I, I, I don't rate Dundee at all. So I'm sure they'll be disappointed with that result anyway. They came back and beat Manchester. So I guess if you put the four games, the four wins at the five, and four wins on the bounce at home, yeah, I'm sure it'll give them a bit of a push. But I still think there's... Some changes may be needed down there that, that will, will you know, affect maybe their league performances. Don't know. It's, it's hard to judge because not knowing the calibre of the teams that they played against. Yeah, all you can do is beat the three teams you're playing in front of, but three games, three wins, three goals conceded. They're probably be happy with that. Well, nine-point weekend. That's unusual, isn't it? So, no. We, we called Cardiff out, and yes, they did that banana skin, but they had to win those three games. They couldn't have done. They couldn't have lost one because I've, I felt like that would have put a downer on it. And they've done the job. So yeah, they, they need to move on. It'd be interesting to see if they try and host the actual final because the way that the fans have said on Twitter they won on away day, and I don't think they're going to get the crowds because and. Everyone always talks about crowds and so, oh, where are your fans? Where are your fans? Well, sometimes it's not feasible for people to do three nights in a row. So unless you're away, um, yeah, I think Calman will try and get the final and that'll be interesting to see what the fan base think. Yeah, it's, I mean, I I remember the Continental Cup I went on with Blaze a few years ago over to Poland. It it was, for a fan experience, it was brilliant. It was a great few days away. Unfortunately, we didn't get the job done at the time, but it's a weird one for Cardiff because they're a team that I think they're more capable than we were back then. Um, we were a team that sort of, we, we won the playoffs after a, a pretty poor season. We were in a stretch of poor seasons. Cardiff were a good team. They're a team that's always in and around it and maybe a bit of silverware will be the kick up the backside that some of these players might need, might sort of galvanise the group a little bit, bring them together and actually want them, sort of give them the impetus to kick on. We saw them in the Challenge Cup early in the season struggling. Um, I think for me, it's the, the question always with the imports and stuff that you bring in, there's a high sort of turnover rate in this league, as we all know. What do they know about the Challenge Cup, the Conti Cup, the CHL? Obviously, it's very different over here to what it is in the North American leagues where most players come from. Do they know silverware like that is still important? And maybe with winning it, they get that bit of a, you know, like I say, a rocket up the backside, the bit between their teeth and actually start kicking on and and going for more silverware later on in the sort of domestic season. So uh, for me, I, I felt, the, the ticketing, I think they actually got it spot on price-wise for all six games. I think it was like £45 um, 
for all six games, which I thought, you know, is affordable. Um, as much as people won't care about the non-Cardiff game, I still felt, you know, that's not bad um, for, to get the six. Um, I've seen a lot of people like, I've got so many days left on annual leave. I want to go away. Please take us away. Do you know what? I'm Todd Kalman. I do everything that's financially viable to get that final in Cardiff. You look at, well, we'll go on to the teams in a minute. If the other teams get the final, I think it'll be a struggle for Cardiff. Um, I think how they've gone this year, they need them home comforts. And it's not a bad thing. Given the scenario where they've been at so far this season, a bit of home comfort to give them that little bit of advantage isn't a bad thing. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, if, if I'm, to, I'm Kelman, I'm doing whatever it takes. I mean, I appreciate that like, there's the, the financial implications um, of doing such a thing. And I'm intrigued to see how... Um, the the two teams that were on pad two, if I read correctly, that they was on pad two. I may be wrong in that, and if I am, I apologise. Um, if the logistics on that, how that worked across the weekend. Um, so I'm interested if that works, and if it did work, if I'm, again, if I'm Kelman, if, if all the boxes are ticked, you do your best to host the final. I, I agree, and I think knowing Kelman as I do, he will obviously do everything he can to, to give that team the advantage um, and, and fair enough I mean don't get me wrong I'm sure there'll be a few Devils fans who will have been a little bit sort of uh, put out by the fact they didn't get a European tour uh, I've loved their trips in the CHL um, and obviously fans couldn't go away with, with during Covid and the last CHL campaign but in a season where in realistic terms the league's done let's be realistic about it I think they're not going to have a challenge for the league title um, unless three or four of the teams do sort of like shift the bed, which is probably unlikely to happen, then why would they not host? Okay, there might be a few fans that will be disappointed, but I'm sure they will. I agree, I think that the ticketing price was more than fair. Um, I can see both sides, I think. If, if you're on a, a triple header and you go away for the weekend, three and three is good fun. It's, it's fantastic. You're on your ass by day three, admittedly. Three at home, that's a slog. That is a big slog for a lot of people to go down on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It's a lot of a weekend to give up. I don't criticise any fan that didn't go down for the weekend. I saw a few people digging out fans on, on, on social media. At the end of the day, everyone's got different circumstances, whether it be financial, whether it be domestic reasons for not going to those games. It's not like they're on season tickets. They have to pay for these games separately as well. But speaking from experience, three and three is a big, big ball ache. Um, and, yeah, I think the, the fans did go out a great time and, and, and good for them. Um, but if it comes to another, the hosting again and it's three, on th- three in three, why would they not do it? It'll involve less travel as well, and it gives themselves a chance to, to, to win a title. Okay, it's been um, mocked over the years by fans when Nottingham won it, but trophies are trophies at the end of the day. Every team wants to win trophies. Every fan wants to win trophies. When you win it, you love it. When, you, when it's someone else, you take the piss. But secretly, everyone wants to win trophies when it comes down to it. You don't become a fan other than to see a bit of success, however way that comes your way. No, I understand, agree. And in fairness, there's also the other carrot, which I believe is still there, that if you win the Conti Cup, you get invited to the CHL. I'm not and sure. I th- I've read that it's still there, but I've also seen a couple of things that so it's, it's kind of conflicting. And if it's the case, you get to play teams like Davos. You've never been to Davos, John. That'd be nice for you to go. Oh, I would love to go to Davos one day. I can imagine it'd be nice, yeah. That would That's be a boring dream come true. I, I only can dream of the day if that could ever happen at all. You'll have to send us photos if you go, mate. Yeah, I will. I won't mention if I do go. I'll kind of keep a low, you know, low profile as well. And maybe, if I ever go to Bolzano again... Oh my goodness me, I won't know what to do with myself. You know what, I think even I'd go back to Balzano. Um, oh, but to look at the Super Final itself, quickly, um, Angers uh, qualified with Cardiff. The other two teams that have gone through, um, HK Nitra of Slovakia. Um, we don't really see Slovakian teams in the Conti Cup, um, but they're in the final, along with Asiago. Uh, and if you're a Sheffield fan, you'll have heard of them quite a few times. We've had them over the years. And we should have had them in the year that before Denmark last time, but COVID stopped that. Um, it will be a difficult assignment, especially well, with... There's three places you'd love to go to if you were a fan, though. Let's be honest with you, there's three... But I'll say, what, I'll say the three places. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. Um, 
But you mentioned the travelling. As the point you were going to make, you about, about the travelling. You look at them three, and knowing where Nietzsche is in terms of when we were we was in Slovakia for the World Championships and when we planned to go to Asiago, one of better phrase, they're, they're absolute arseaches to travel. It's not mm. a simple go to Bristol from a Cardiff perspective or Cardiff, fly to a main city, get a, a train. That's a, that's a fair travel. So, yeah, I get it home in Cardiff. Yes, you don't get the away trip. Save it for the CHL if you win it and get to Davos. I just, are you looking at them for? Have, have it at home. Get everyone yeah, in that it, building. Make it. It's it, an option. One, You've one got of the phrases you guys used many, many years, times over the years, make it hotter than hell and give Cardiff a chance to lift that plate. Yeah, I think if the, if the CHL place is obviously available, then you've got everything you can to win it because you you win three games. If you guarantee the CHL place, that's going to be a lot easier to win three games against any three teams and to try and win the league over the next four months, five months, wherever it's left of the season. Because it's a tall ask for any team to win the league, to be fair. Particularly a team that's a few points behind, a few you know front runners already anyway. So if their Conti Cup spot brings you a, a CHL spot, you'd be deaf not to do everything you can to try and get through. Davos. Davos. <laughs> I didn't bring that. An unfair use of the siren, but used nonetheless well. So, so, so Scott, your thoughts on, on the, the whole final scenario. Do you re- I'll, I'll put the question out. We'll start you, Scott. Do you reckon Cardiff will do it? Yes or no? Uh, yes, I do, uh, but I don't want to hear about the fans moaning that they're hosting it because we all know Cam is going to do it. And if they, if that's their only way into the CHR this season, because let's face it, they're not winning the league, or a, there's other teams that can do the playoffs. Embrace it, enjoy it, and take advantage of the ticket prices. Lewis, uh, yeah, I I agree with Scott. I think they'll do it. I think they'll host it. Um, and like you said, just embrace it, enjoy it. Um, and if you want to take a positive out of it, at least it's not going to cost you hundreds of pounds traveling and buying flights and hotels and beer and stuff. You can go home and rock up to the game and enjoy the rest of your weekend as well. So, yeah, enjoy it, embrace it, get behind your team. And as you say, everyone wants to win silverware. So why not win it on home ice as well? For me, if they host it, they win it. If they don't, I can't see them winning it. Um, not that they're not good enough to win it, because obviously if they host it, I just think the home comforts will give them the more advantage. Um, I know it's easy to say, because obviously home advantage, you know, more, but I just think in this scenario, I think it'll give more than um, than anything else. John, are you going to lift yeah. the plate? Uh, Cardiff can lift the plate. Are you, is Cardiff going to lift the plate? Um... If they host, absolutely. I think they've shown they can obviously beat the French boys. The Slovakian team, I would, uh, you'd, you'd probably expect them to be the best of the the challenging other three. Um, as the Italian team, yeah, there's there's a British three, of course, with British teams in the past. Yeah, I think they will. What do you oh, think? I think? I say, I'm, I'm of the same if they host it, they're going to win it, but I just think they'll struggle. Um, to win it away not because they're not good enough but I just think they are but time will tell us ever with that one um, and maybe we, we do a special one I'll get a few people from them three clubs four clubs who knows we'll miss something to put in the the pipeline but well, let's go on to French and uh, Italians on as well yeah let's do it I, I, amazing I, you know we heard the, uh, the French uh, on previous episodes we can hold our own Said no one. I'll probably get um, the boys Italian <laughs> accents and fake Slovakian accents, and then just call them like you know just some random names, and we will just try and pretend that people we've just gone out of the world, and we've 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 tried to do a lot of research and find these fans. How about we do that with the best Scottish Slovakian accent or something? If he is good, if he is reliable, if it doesn't work, you can always hit him with it. There you go. We've got one already. What are you? Hey, you're no. the other I'm not sure. Which, I'm, not, I'm not sure which team he was representing there. I'm no. not sure. <laughs> no official teams, I thought. In I the uh, what, let's talk about one team that we've given them deserved shit, and they've earned it. Well paid for. But this weekend, 
We've mentioned it once. Let's give him some love. The Glasgow Clam. Four-point weekend. Um, yes, they did a number on Coventry, um, but then they followed it up. Because they started getting a couple of wins, but they followed it up. And the first four-point win of the weekend. So first of all, congratulations. I'll start with Lewis uh, and, and Scott, obviously, um, as Coventry fans. Um, admittedly, not good for your guys because they beat you, but is it good for the league that with the shit show that they had at the beginning of the season that they start, they've now got that first four-pointer and they can build on something to try and potentially even make the final final eight for the playoffs? Uh, yeah, it, it is the short answer. It's always you know, we're, we're a small league. We need more, the more teams that are competitive, the better. Um, and as much as I want to say we were shit on Saturday and didn't really do much, you've got to give credit to the other teams sometimes and say, you know, well, sometimes they didn't let us do much. And Glasgow were, were good on Saturday. Um, obviously, I didn't watch them Sunday against Manchester, but they got the points. Um for me on Saturday, uh, Wa was the best I've seen him since he played in Sheffield. Um, he was everywhere. Um, he had a very, very good game. And I think he was missing for the game on Sunday. Um, I don't think he actually played. So for them to have a performance like that from him on Saturday and then keep it going without him on the Sunday, um, is excellent. Um, as much as, as I say, it's come against my team and I don't want to see it. You have to have to give them credit. Um, Shabbat had a, a very good weekend himself as well. I think he got three or three goals over the weekend. So they've they've got their scoring by the looks of it. And Muse was fantastic. I've seen him a few times now. Um, I, as you know, I live in Glasgow myself, so I went to watch Glasgow against Panthers a few weeks ago. Not long after Muse had signed, I think, and. He was very good, um, and he's every time I've seen him, he's getting better. He's he's a very good goalie, um, and he's doing well for them, and he's giving them a chance to win now, which is what they didn't have. And as much as we all slated Cameron at the start of the season for sort of throwing his goalie under the bus, um, maybe he shouldn't have done it publicly. He might have been right in what he was saying. Um, obviously, how he goes about it is completely different, but to have to have that and to have the points and, and to look a more organised, solid outfit is is positive for them. There's a bit of a cutthroat mentality with the clan at the moment. Uh, uh, Gurgly Toff, sorry, I might have completely butchered that. It sounds like he was told he was not wanted on that day. He was there in the rink that night and uh, and then he was cut after the game after they brought in McLean. So, um, yeah, like, the Blaze have given up four points against the clan this year. Um, we've, we've kind of struggled against them. And then to go to Manchester, it's not it's not a great place to go. And they've got the four-point weekend. So fair, fair fox them, you know. Let, let's give them their due. And a competitive clan is good for the league. Uh, do you think it's kind of... Because I've, I've seen them once and I've, I felt... Not what I'm going to say wasn't there, but they've kind of developed that siege mentality where it's us against the world, and for one of their phase, you know, fuck you all, we're going to get here, we're going to piece by piece, we're going to crawl our way through whatever their finish line is, which is probably making the postseason, given the start. But do you reckon that siege mentality is there, and it's 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 a type of type of form and the type of that actually will get the crowd back on side and get behind them. And that'll make the, the bread arena, you know, get back to the 3,000s, the big attendances, and actually make it a louder place for them and give them something to really fight for to drag them for the rest of the season. Well, Mr. Williams said it many, many pods ago. They're a, they're a big club. They should be doing better. And, yes, they... I don't know with Glasgow. Are they good enough to challenge for anything this year as it be in a playoff no they're not but if they get the crowd back on side and they they grow and get the new owners what which have said that won't happen to the end of the season which we said would happen it shouldn't have been a thing about the back the bid they put out a statement that they don't think it's going to happen to the end of the season so the fans will be there for them 
Will they do anything this year? No, I don't think so. But I'm glad to see them do stuff this year. I agree with Scott. And the thing for me after watching them on Saturday as well was, as much as I don't think they'll win anything or challenge, I wouldn't like to be the team that had to play them. In that very first round in the playoffs, unless you're, you know, Belfast, Sheffield, one of the teams that the big boys that generally beat most of the teams they play. If you're anyone else, if Glasgow carry on playing the way they've been playing, they might not always get the results, but they're going to be a hard. They're looking like they're becoming a hard team to play, and that would be a team that I wouldn't want to have a go against. They've obviously had a very, very bad start to the season, um, but where they finish might be a bit of a false position because of how bad that start was. Um, and, yeah, they'll, they'll be a tricky team come the end of the season, I think. And i ask this question to kind of finish off on the Glasgow fan, but I'll start with John. And I'll kind of piggyback on the point Lewis just made then, terms if you don't want to face him. Do, they, do you reckon, John, that this could be, end up being a team like the Coventry Blazers of a few years back where you finish first, second, you know you're facing them, and you're thinking, fuck, this could be a bit of a tif- difficult time. And actually has become the banana skin for a few of the top teams to make it through to the final four in Nottingham. I think the way that the season started for, for Glasgow, I think they've now become that wounded animal that people talk about that, you know, it can be a dangerous beast, you know, I think Max even used that phrase in a while ago, and I think it's quite appropriate, because they basically had this, like, F.U. mentality after a few weeks, everyone hates us, everyone's laughing at us, you know, we're, we're literally the joke of the league. Now, they've obviously made strides to, to change that, obviously they've changed the coaching staff, they haven't changed the management, sadly, and I think over the course of, of the season, momentum will build with them, I think they will obviously become a team that's going to be very hard to beat, very much an FU attitude. You've got a guy like Dixon that's going to be coaching them now. He was very much that kind of player himself. Very dogged player. Very intense player. Never did daft things. Always played the game the right way. If he can get players playing to that kind of mindset, they will be a tough team to beat. I don't see them doing much. I agree with what the boys have said. If they make playoffs, I think you're looking at an 8th or 7th place team. And as you say, who knows? If they go in and play... Belfast, Guildford, Sheffield, whoever wins the league, they may make it tough. But I just think there's still this stigma with 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 Glasgow or Brayhead, whichever form they've been. They just can't make the playoffs. They've made the weekend once in their history, and that's just unbelievable. Whether there's just some kind of um, voodoo, I don't know what it is, but it's just bizarre how every year they just literally fail at the last hurdle. And whilst it may be a tough game for most teams, I think most top teams will, will, will take them over two games. In a one-off game, I maybe would fancy them at one game at home. Over two games, I think they're going to struggle. The only issue I have with the clan, it could be Cardiff had it. They had that run where they were struggling. They had no ice back in the day. Coventry had it when we were struggling and we made playoffs and then got to the final. There could be that bit of adversity that they needed. In my heart of hearts, I don't think they can do it, but you never know. I'm just trying to give some positives to the Glasgow clan, and maybe, maybe they could cause an upset. I hope they do. I mean, we've obviously got our mates in the group, and they've had a long, old, crappy season so far. The first few weeks, we rinsed them, as, as mates do. They got to put it by. We just like felt sorry for them, and we just stopped even doing that. It's like almost like, why keep beating up your little brother when you can beat him up all the time anyway? Eventually, it doesn't become fun anymore. And they've been so low, bless them. And to see them over the four-point weekend and actually see them talking about hockey again rather than football, I don't have to listen to Rangers crap anymore, thank goodness. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just pleased for our mates that they got a couple of results. Um, who's this gurgly toff anyway you're talking about, Scotty? They're like some sort of Guildford fan that, that's sort of... Uh, Drowning or something. No, he was a defenceman, and he's now not the defenceman. So, good, he's off. Bit on. rude, John. Do your research. Yeah, but Glasgow were relevant for such a long time. To be fair, 
googly stuff I'd love it cool name I've heard it all now wow that could be even the um, the name of this episode who knows um, but as ever with things time will tell um, and that kind of leads us to the last section the too good too bad it's kind of been a bit of a breeze this week um, so we'll start we'll start with Lewis We've not, unfortunately, we've not been had the chance to get these spreadsheets out, so we'll let you start the two good, two bad. Go away, mate. Get it on. Uh, ooh, too good. Um, it's pretty obvious to give it to Clamor, right? even though we've just been speaking about them. Um, but you kind of got to kind of got to give it to Clam. Um, and my other one, being a bit biased, is I'll go for the Blaze for our win in Fife. Um, as I say, we, we weren't great on Saturday night and we weren't fantastic Sunday, but we won the game and it wasn't a completely wasted weekend, um, which we've had in Scotland before. So uh, to bounce back and, and get two points in, in five on Sunday was great. Um, my too bad uh, is going to be five taxes um, because they just took the piss and I ended up missing the first period. Um and that's a separate story altogether. So five taxes can get in the bin. Um, and the other two bad... Oh, it sounds like I'm shitting on five. Um, the five fans on Sunday, um, not all of them, and I've seen on Twitter some of them um, be sensible. Um, we touched on earlier, there was a hit on Colton Yellowhorn right at the end of the game. Um, it was a hit to the head. There was blood on the ice. And a player got called five minutes, five plus game, I think he got for it. And the five fans were up in arms, screaming and shouting, shouldn't be a penalty. Throughout the game, they were screaming at any little bit of contact. And it was just doing my head in. Um, so, yeah, that would be my other too bad for this weekend. John, what's your too good, too bad? Um... To some extent, I'm having to repeat what we've talked about, really. And again, like Lewis, I'd have to go with Glasgow. No, let's be honest, we've given them a lot of crap. They deserve a lot of praise for a four-point weekend. It's an obvious win for me. Um, again, it's been touched on before, but Jackson Whistle, I think he's um, pushed himself to be the best goalie in Belfast, I think. Now I think he's uh, head of uh, Mr Jones, and you'd have to question, obviously, the decision to go with a, an import goalie over him and waste an import slot to some extent. That's supposed to be number one whistle. Seems to have had a fantastic weekend. Um, too bad. Gary again with his interview. Now, what made me laugh with his interview, he, he, he made a point. And like, he, maybe he was trying to like, sort of slag off his own team, but I think in a way he slagged himself off. He made a comment saying the Guildford Flames are the same thing over and over and over and over again. Okay, so if you know this, Gary, and you're a decent coach, do something to counteract what they do over and over and over again. If you're getting scored on because they're playing the same play, isn't it your job to do something about that to stop the, you know, your team conceding goals? So if you, if you know what they're doing, stop it. Um, and I, again, I feel like Lewis, Fife, Fife are just crap. Another no-point weekend. Fife, I, I, I love Fife fans. i got a lot of mates up there. But Fife, what's the point in you? What is the point? It's not too bad. Scott? Uh, too good. Uh, Nathaniel Halbert scoring the game winner with uh, 13 seconds to go, maybe 12 seconds to go. Captain Halbert is absolutely storming the points. He's up there. He's He had a few games out, and, yeah, he loved scoring that goal to win in five. My uh, other two good is Gary Graham, because the Nottingham was just... Great, you know, losing at home to uh, Guildford when you've uh, had that 10-minute taxi journey to play at home. Great. Uh, my too bad, Gary Graham. Because what was he doing to that club? <laughs> Get rid of him, please. And uh, my other too bad is Petulant Petgrave. Um, I'm just not sure what he's doing there. Like, do not touch a liner. You've got no rights. If you're going to do that again, you've already slammed the penalty box in Coventry. You've you've touched a liar now. Shut up. I think he's touching a, a line where it's going to be 
regular um, visit to Dops if he's not able to um, rein it in slightly. My too good, too bad. I'm going to put an asterisk on it because um, one's going to end up being a good one. So my too good is copying John. Um, Jackson Whistle. At this moment in time, as things go, come the World Championships in Nottingham, he's your starting netminder instead of Bounds. That's not saying Bounds is not good enough. I, you know, we're seeing for the first time Bounds having a dip in form, and no one's used to it. But Jackson Whistle, we're seeing for the first time, he's a legit starter. He's not just a goal who could play 23 games. He's your starter. And he, he gave them more than a chance over the weekend. Um, he was outside some of the saves. I, I just watched it and I'm like, wow. And like I say, and you guys will have been to Sheffield. It's rare that opposition play gets a standing ovation. And I think Jackson got a couple of the weekend. Um, so, you know, fair play to him. Um, and Glasgow, let's give him more love. We've slagged them off. We, we've given him a, a pound in motor pods. Four-point weekend. Good to see their fans have something to look positive at. Um, and it's, it's good to see. Um you know, a happy Glasgow is a good good team for the league um, because their fans do bring a bit more energy than the uh, their other Scottish um, counterparts, shall we say. Uh, too bad for me. Um, diving. Fuck off. Don't want it. Just fuck off. I don't, I, you know, play. Don't matter if it's first, second or ninth, tenth. Battle hard. Don't get Get rid of this cheating. And refs, if you see it, just call it. And don't call it embellishment. Call it diving and show them up. Um, if it's a legit diving. Uh, the second one, probably turning to a good, so it's going to be 3-1, but the insults from, from John Smith after they won yesterday, um, I weren't appreciative of it. Um, so John Smith can get some love now um, with his insults. Um, joking, unless it was his, um, there was uh, his normal brutal self, um, which we all appreciate uh, when it, when it comes around, so I'm filing under the two bad, but it was a, it was a good one nonetheless. Um, so that's the end of this week's show. However, just want to kind of touch back on a point I made at the beginning of the episode in terms of last week's um, show. And again, um, a thank you to everyone who sent the stories before the episode. Uh, and we actually got a few comments uh, privately and individually afterwards. Um, which I think goes to show that having that conversation, being able to talk about the subject has helped a lot of people already. Um, I know between ourselves, as it was in me, John and Scott, um, apologies, Lewis, um, talking about it actually has helped us in different parts of the time that we've had the group and also the podcast, but actually knowing that other people have had the opportunity to go, this is a bit of a safe, I can go, you know, thank you for that. It's actually helped me kind of, recognize some stuff and and help me kind of compartment stuff that i'm struggling with i, I just think it's been a, a brilliant thing it was a great thing to have john on never mind for the double header but to talk about the stuff they've done in belfast but i think guys to, to end the show before we do the, the goodbyes uh, it's just been great feedback and it's because you've had good feeling with with a lot of with a horrible subjects and obviously with the, the story that john shared um with a mutual friend of ours um it was just good that the impact it's had on others to have that chance to go, thanks guys, and this is why, because I'm able to have that conversation with someone. I don't know about you guys, I've all the stories I've had and the comments afterwards, I've just had a bit of a warm feeling, a bit of a glow about it, that it's been a job well done. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was something that we talked about and I didn't know how I'd approach it personally. I didn't know if I would be able to even talk about it, if I'm honest with you. Um... But, but again, it just it just kind of goes to show that having friends like we like we've got and 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 able to talk to each other like we do every day, it it does get you through so much stuff. And it's not just like because it's now topical on social media these things and they get talked about once in a blue moon. It's relevant every single day in your life. It's relevant twenty four seven, seven days a week. And I think that we know we we know we we've shared these things with each other personally, even recently that. We've been able to do because we know our friends will support us, and I'm just grateful that we've got that network of people around us that can do that. And I just like to think that, like you said, what we did will make people think a little bit about maybe I should be doing more to help my mates, or, or do I need more personally from people that can help me? And hopefully, it's, it's made people think what they can do to help themselves as well as help each other. 
because that's what we should all be trying to do is help each other where we can. Yeah, um, hockey is life, and uh, life is hockey, and that's it for me. Very short and sweet, but, you know, accurate. Um, and, again, if anybody ever needs someone or something to, 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 to speak to in terms of that help, that voice, the inbox is open. Um, and as those who have messaged us and asked us to keep things anonymous, we did. Um, so... And that offer will always be there if you don't want it to be ever mentioned in, in other circumstances. So keep talking. It's not weak to speak. Um, keep doing good stuff and, and checking with friends. Um, yes, we mentioned it just about blokes, but the women, that's important. I know you like to talk, but do the right talking and make sure your friends are as good as well. Um, we can all get through this together. So that's us closing the gate on another episode. Um, Lewis, thank you for your time this evening. Uh, great input as ever. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And just before I go as well, what you've just been talking about, I saw a lot of the uh, the tweets and interaction on social media from that episode last week. And just from my point of view, fantastic from the three of you and John. So uh, really good job on that, guys. And cheers for having me on again. Not a problem. John, Elder of the Parish, thank you as ever for your time this week. No reason. My blood pressure's now finally gone down after the Wales game. So... I'm excited. I'll watch it all over again now on the highlights. Rather you than me. Uh, Scott. Coming back to the valleys, isn't it, Sam? Who knows? Uh, Scott, thank you ever for your time. No worries. Let's close the gate, boys. We will close the gate very quickly. Instagram, Twitter, at 3 on 3 Podcast UK. Facebook, 3 on 3 Podcast UK. Find us, see the links, share us off. Keep giving us a love and we'll love you back. So that is it for episode 11 of the 3 on 3 Podcast.